Hello folks and a very warm welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Colin McDuff and I'm delighted to be back in the host seat for the first time this year on the live stream. Um, uh, also had a wee um, personal hiatus, um, a few personal reasons, but just a, a very, very quick thank you to um, some of the listeners and subscribers that reached out um, with their well wishes. It is very much appreciated and won't be forgotten, um, but delighted to be back. Um it's been a long, long month to wait to get back into the back into the football and Rangers have returned with a a victory in the shortest cup and six points out of six in the league. Here to run through a um an interesting one 0 victory over St. Mirren. It's first of all, Scotty, how are you, my friend? Not bad, my man. Thanks for having me on. Here to talk about a good old professional uh, no what we'll call it a good old dirty one 0 win, that's what that was. We never threw toys out of Pramity full time either. I was fucking close to it, I tell you. <laughs> I'm glad Rangers didn't, but I was close to it. Um, and also joining us, our foreign correspondent, Davey T. How are you tonight, my man? Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, actually, a wee bit disappointed. We've, we've not got a game in the mid, uh, middle it's of the week. It's not like you to be disappointed, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I was I, I was I was I was really enjoy that Monday or sun sun Saturday Sunday uh, Wednesday game. Uh, now we've got a full blooming week without seeing the Rangers. That's that's really should it should be allowed. Should be allowed. <laughs> you you set up the petition. I'll sign it, my man. I will sign it. Um, and last but not least, hello to all the listeners watching live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and of course everybody who's listening after the fact. Um, um, thank you for tuning in and of course if you do like what you hear and watch tonight you can get a bit extra for £1 a month either on our YouTube page or on our Patreon site the links are in the comments um, so Scott let's start you've said a very professional um, professional dirty win and you know, league winning teams do need that I put in the description a forgettable victory, and that stirred a wee bit of comments on social media. Um, suppose if your glass half empty, it's a forgettable, far from perfect three points. If your glass half full, it's the type of victory that you need um, to go and win leagues. Um, how did you see yesterday? I suppose I'm, I'm a wee bit tailored in my approach because we've seen these type of victories of the last couple of managers and it's no came to fruition but what's your overall thoughts after yesterday? I thought it was like I say it was a professional performance I thought I think we got we got a job done first and foremost this obviously I wrote an article for you midweek about a change in mentality that performance pretty much summed it up um, I thought Dessers only had one chance and they scored it Fair play to him. Um, before we get back into Dessers debate again, um, the one thing I did notice about the game, but that kind of clapped up with me is that halfway through second half, Steve Robinson made a change and he brought on I don't know a boy's name for Saint Mon, but he was six foot plus anyway, and he put him right on Ridvan. And as soon as the ball went back into play, a, di- a big diagonal get played, and Clemence clocked it. And he's immediately subbed Ridvan and put Barisic on. That, to me, summed up the kind of calibre of a manager we've got now, because it wouldn't have happened under any, well, especially under our last three managers, wouldn't have noticed that. And it's something as basic as that, that's basically come in and was the game. He's he's put height in a position, he's nullified a threat, 
And then in terms of controlling the match, I thought my game management was second to none on night. The other day, sorry, Saturday. So I overall I'm I'm very happy with performance. It was one of my comfortable one 0 ones for me, Colin Hank. St. Murn had a, had more of the ball than I would like, but Rain, they didn't really put Rangers under any pressure. Put it this way, if Michael Beale was in charge, that's at speed of that point yesterday. David, that that's such a good point. Um I'm I'm a wee bit more conservative on this than what I, I, I would like to be, um, because we will get into the detail of the game, but Scott's hit the nail on the head under the last manager. We don't come away with it with that victory. Uh I think you know, those t- two tough away fixtures we faced this week, we, we don't mm-hmm. come away with six points. Um yep. what was your thoughts on the game, Davy? Well, under the last manager, I, I, I don't think we would have. I, I don't think the players were happy under the last manager. I think that was a, the big thing. I don't think they understood him. And it looks like now, if you look at uh, where he is now, then it's Sunderland. The, the, the fans are going absolutely berserk down there. They're, they're wanting rid of him already. So obviously, so obviously he must look at himself, the last manager, although I don't want to go in too, too much in, in managers from other clubs. But... Um, I think he needs to look himself in the mirror and think, am I doing something right or am I doing something wrong? Because when two clubs are sort of throwing you out and it's sort of, a, well, they're not, obviously not throwing them out yet, but I don't think it will be long. But um, obviously we weren't, we weren't just, the players weren't happy under them, under Beal, and I think that just showed on the on their playing. We'd, we'd heard before that there was trouble in the dressing room and I think that, that that's always pretty obvious that there was something going on. So I think that in, indeed, I think that that's got a lot to play that we would be struggling with. Uh, and under Geo, of course, we had that side to side passing. Now that would have just been horrible on a day. Let's face it, the weather was just uh, wasn't for playing football. Really, I think that was a big uh, problem on Sunday, Saturday, Saturday, um, and you just couldn't. Couldn't get the. We're coming on to your point later on, Colin. I won't. I won't steal your uh, what, what you're going to say. So, but um, I think one. I think weather was stopped us playing football. Good football in the pitch, probably. You seen the players slipping an awful lot, which was uh, which. Uh, which I think shows that the pitch was pretty bad as well. Scott, there's a really good point uh, made by by Aldo saying that um, Celtic won well now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rangers won one one now and then the You don't call them Fartic. <laughs> fartic. <laughs> all, all the decisions this week were all, all sort of a borderline as well. Oh, you get the tin hat away. Um but I, I suppose it does it does um show the, the difference in momentum and mentality where we won one now and I think the the momentum oh no we win one now in a scrappy game, and it's very much professional performance in the other side of the city. Um, they they were signing the the Michael Beal song last night. Um, the Michael Beal song. If MD doesn't know, but how it goes, it goes boo. But that's um, that's the difference in the two. Same same result and. You know, two different approaches. I think it shows we maybe do have a bit more momentum than what the league table suggests. Personally, I think the winter break came at a good time for us because Celtic were starting to get their sell into, into a groove. Um, especially their, their performance away to Dundee. They 
they really camped in and they were just on them for the full 90 minutes. Celtic were starting to find a wee bit of form, so I think seeing the victory that they got yesterday and the reaction it's caused shows that that's simply papered over the cracks. Um, I don't think they could have got a better manager in the summer than Brendan Rodgers, but they're not happy either way. They seem to be in the place that we were in under Michael Beale, whereas if Luke Colin looked back at a 1-0 win over Motherwell that we got earlier on in the season, it's a kind of similar scenario just now. It's it's quite um, toxic across the city at the minute. And we're just going quietly about our business under Big Phil, getting the wins in. And yesterday was was a title-winning performance. Jack Butland pulled off one save that I can remember in the first half. But apart from that, it wasn't really threatened. It was relatively assured. Even when St Murn hit the bar, I felt Butland had it covered. I didn't really feel as if we were under any grave danger. My biggest take for the game is Suter and Golton had their best game together yesterday. That's gave me a wee bit of hope going forward. Davey, it's as a worthwhile talking point the the central half um, pair. I thought Leon Balogun and and John Suter on Wednesday night. Um, I don't think Balogun had his best of games, but I actually thought John Suter played really well. And I thought it would have been Balogun coming in with Golton uh, yesterday. It wasn't. It was Suter coming in. Um, uh, although St Mirren did have chances, I don't think we were as shaky yesterday in, in the defence as we were on Wednesday. Um, what, what was your thoughts on the defensive performance? Well, I think the two shots that go, if I remember right, the one that um, Butlin saved with his legs, and the, also the the Korean guy had had one that that just went past the post. Well, I suppose you can count that wasn't goal, but it was a it, it was a shot that should have been, uh, could have been in go- uh, a, a goal. So I think they two. Um, we sort of a we we started well. I think the first fifteen minutes or something, twenty minutes, and really up to the goal, we were we were dominating the play. So the the defence didn't really come under any sort of a heavy problems. But I think once uh. Once, once we actually got the goal, I'll leave the goal out of it just now, but um, once we got the goal, the game just seemed to turn in its head, and up to half-time, we were under, they actually said, Mum, we're the better team at that time. They seemed to pass the ball, and I, I know we're going to come on to that other thing, is, is ball retention, and always mentioned in your, uh, for the, the end of the second, the end of the first half, the last uh, 20 minutes, half an hour, our ball retention was absolutely terrible. We just couldn't I gather that's to do with the win. But, but if you take it now, Colin, and, and I know you've got it in your agenda points, I'm sorry, but what... You're fucking spoiling with everything, man. Stop <laughs> telling the listeners what we're going to talk about. But, um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll sort of I'll leave it just now. But um, obviously, the, obviously the, the, the conditions were, um, were absolutely atrocious for playing good football. And so, just to go on to that point then, because I... You know, a, a big part of me doing this podcast is trying to get things off my chest, chest and see sense. Mm-hmm. Our ball retention really, really annoyed me yesterday, and it did annoy me a bit at Hibs and Wednesday night as well. You, you did say it's, it was a terrible game to be playing in, terrible conditions, terrible park. Do we need to give a wee bit of a buy um, on how we use the ball? Because ultimately, we got the three points. I'd like to think um, playing in a better pitch on 
on Saturday. Ibrox we maybe play a wee bit better, so I don't think it's baby with the bath water yet. No, I but I think well, well midfield's a bit unbalanced just now as well. See if you look if you look at it in a bit more detail, I don't think Nico Raskin's not hitting the heights for me. He's not I don't I've seen maybe a handful of performances where you could maybe see what he can do. But see, for a player that's come in with so much hope and promise, and right, I'm aware he's due, but he's just back for injury, etc., etc., right? But he's not, he's had one good second half this season. That was against Savet. I mean, if, if anybody can tell me what he offers that's going to make somebody come in with a £15 million bid, I'll be amazed because he's had a very, very stop start his career with Rangers, especially this season with injuries. And I think that had a big, massive part in the way we played the other day because we didn't keep the ball well the midfield did seem imbalanced, Lundstrom was good, done his job effectively but I think the other roles in midfield need a wee bit of tweaking um, Dujon Sterling was kind of playing a Glenn Kamara role in my eyes, he wasn't, he looked like more a 4-3-3 in the first half with Sterling kind of taking away their physical threat for Ridvan on the left hand side, I can see why the manager's done it but the balance just wasn't there. But I'm hoping we've been out. We've bought Diamandi in. I'm hoping that that's going to sort of fix that problem. The conditions, aye, you can you can see that. But we could we could also be saying be saying the same thing. Like we always complain when we're going away and playing artificial surfaces. It's windy. It's just it's Scottish football, and it's just we should all be used to it. You know what I mean? Yes, Clement says yesterday was going to be a harder match and it turned out it was, but we got to three points, so that's really what matters to me. But in midfield did seem a bit imbalanced, I think. Braskin needs around a 10, 15 games to get into some kind of form and shows what he can truly offer, because I think the boys got a bucket full of potential, but we're yet to see it. Um so I yeah, it would be me. I'm I'm putting it down to a midfield a wee bit more than the conditions yesterday. Davey, let's let's move on to the, the biggest talking point of the first half then. Um and straight on uh, four minutes into the pod, Aldo, one of your subscribers, um, one of our moderators in the chat, I think can we put a wee bit of respect on Serial Dessel's name, mm-hmm. please? Mm-hmm. And I would like to make a public apology because I really gave this guy a bit of a hard time. I'm I'm not the only Rangers fan, Davey. Um I wrote him off by September. Cars on the table. I like to give right. Rangers players a chance, but I thought he was going to be out the door by January. His goal contributions do speak for themselves. And Ronald De Boer in the summer said that Sergio Dessers is a confidence type player. Um, the more confidence, uh, confident he is, the, the, the more you see a change in him. Yesterday's goal wasn't a fluke. That's one thing that's been labelled at him. It was a brilliant touch to take it past the keeper. So composed. Um, I do think we need to maybe start giving this guy a bit of a chance. And incidentally, I do think this week the Rangers support in general are giving him um, a bit of a buy-in. Um, but I actually thought he was he was one of the better players yesterday, Davey. You certainly get a building up a, a relationship with uh, Lundstrom. He seems to he seems to know when when to 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 run and when to to not run. He certainly looks a lot faster when he comes in. I don't think looking back, Colin. I mean, it's it, this is in retrospect, so it's uh, it's quite easy to look back. 
but I don't think he was fit when he when he came in. I, th- I think he, he's now he looks a lot a lot faster than he did. And part of the goal yesterday was actually see the movement he made when the ball came through when the keeper came out. He made a sort of a small movement that looked like he was going for the ball at that that second. But he obviously thought, I'm not getting that. And he pulled back. And that sort of got the ball. Then he could, he could, he, the ball ran on. And then he, he got it with his studs, I think, actually, and put it past the keeper. And then ran on and put it in with his, with his left foot. Um, that, that small movement that he made, I think that actually flung the keeper. And I don't know whether it was intentional. I, I, I very much doubt it. I think he just didn't realise. I think he realised he wasn't getting the ball at that that point, and uh, that that's what really, in, in my eyes, that's what that's what made that because that just flung the keeper right off. And but, I mean, if, if you look from the, he, he was actually going back to to when he uh, first asked for the ball because he did ask for the ball. He, he was pointing to exactly where he wanted it, and luckily enough, Lundstrom. I'll give him his due. Lundstrom can uh, he can put virtually a ball anywhere he wants to, and he, uh, the ball was virtually perfect for him. Virtually perfect for him. In fact, it was perfect because because it probably wasn't perfect. If it was probably perfect. The keeper would have probably got it. So that's uh, that, that's that's massive of you. And that that slight movement just before the the he actually got the ball. Scott, you've spoke about the imbalanced midfield uh the night and mm-hmm. i think it is a, a mm-hmm. good point um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna win any football journalism awards by talking about how important the midfield is um in any football team but david spoke about the connection between lundstrom and dessers there is there something linked between the re-emergence of mr thursday night and serial dessers arriving at rangers I would say so. I would say so, Colin. Um, there's definitely a connection there. Come on, it's not scared to tell the telly boys to go direct if they need to go direct. It's, it's one thing that's really, really surprised me about. Obviously, come on, it's coming a foreign manager. Doesn't know much about the Scottish game, but he seems to have picked up how to win a game of football here relatively quickly. Um I was one that was going on about identity and all that kind of stuff before he came, saying we needed this. But when I'm looking at it, I don't see an identity. I see winning football, and I'm not, I'm not certainly not going to sit back here and complain about it. So if if John Lundstrom's got to play 35 yard passes over here and one defenders for us to get a win, then fair play. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to step back one bit. In terms of serial dessers, um, it has come onto a game. But what I was trying to say the other night was, is that. He's too inconsistent. But my worry with, with several Dessers is ah, he's having a purple patch just now. But see, to begin the next season again when he's had a pre-season stuff in his legs and whatever else, is he going to hit the ground running or is he going to, is he going to take three, four months to get going? Because ultimately, as a Rangers player, a Rangers number nine, he's got a number nine jersey in his back. You don't get that time. And like we say, we're, we've all wrote him off. Even I've wrote him off. But recently, he's come on to a game, make allowances. I still think we need another striker in that's going to challenge him. Big Shanklin fan, as everybody knows on the pod. It's clearly not going to be him, but we need somebody, we need somebody in that's going to be able to challenge him for that jersey, because I don't see Fabio Silva as a as a, an out-and-out number nine. 
I liked his work creating stuff against Hibs. I does an awful lot I like about Fabio Silva, but he's not quite what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a penalty box kind of predator that's going to come in and score last minute winners and that knows Scottish football, knows the defenders, knows what runs to make, when to go, when to stop. Dessers has obviously learned that, but he's needed three, four months to learn it. And you've related to Ronald De Boer saying he's a confidence player and he's one of these guys, you're either turning your hair out with him or you love him. So I'm fully expecting to be turning my hair out with him again at some point, whatever hair I've got left that is. Um, that's where I was trying to come for on the pod the other night is that I just don't think he's a, he's a good option to have up front, but I just don't think he's got everything needed to be Rangers number nine, if you know what I mean. Um, but in terms of Lundstrom and him, I am all for it. They can strike up as many relationships as they want, as long as we're winning football matches, they can go for it. Ah, you know, and I think we we do need to be realistic in in our praise. Well, um, although I'm, um, you know, attempting to backpedal on everything I've said um, about his form, and I was writing a math in September. I will admit that Cyril Dessers has a big role to play, but Davy, I don't think he is the main man up front for us. Um, I think. Rangers' issue is we don't have enough options up front. Um, somebody like Serial Dessels probably can't do it 50, 60 uh, games a season um, when we do have a very demanding schedule. We're unlucky that Kmar Roof has made a chocolate and Danilo, um, he's just he's just fell, fell fell to the Rangers' curse. Um, I do think we need we need another option this window because I think Cyril Dessel's momentum will continue if he isn't relied upon as a sole breadwinner for goals. Well, if I can just... Uh, I, I was listening to uh, an interview this afternoon, Colin, from the FC20 manager, and they've just sold their, their striker to um, Spartak Moscow, I think it is. And he was saying, yeah... We've got one striker, he says, but I need to bring in another two. He says, because a club like ours need at least three strikers. And they have to be different. They don't we can't have them all the same. So I think I think that's a, a big problem. That we've had sort of a strikers that, that, that uh, the last time that have been sort of a the same. And I think we need to uh, I think we need to bring in a striker that, that that's different. That the I mean, remember the old days, Mark Gately, somebody said, somebody was talking about, um, we're talking about Dessers not hitting the, the ground running, but Mark Gately didn't hit the ground running and look what he went on to do. He went on to be a, be a one of the, 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 the a legend for the club, really. And that's, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's plenty of time for Dessers. I didn't really know him and, uh, and when 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 he played in Holland, obviously when he played for Feyenoord, I heard about him. Feyenoord, he came mostly, mostly sorry, from the from the bench. So you didn't really get to see what he could do in a full game up until now. But I definitely think, I think we should have three strikers, to be honest with you. And so is it, a manager has to be able to change a game. And you can't change a game by having one striker or having two strikers that are going to do the exact same thing. So we need a, we need a, so a, a striker that, that can do something completely different. That's a, a completely different uh, style to what Dessers is. And I think it's, I, I think probably Silva, the same idea as Silva, 
But then an out and out striker, not a not a number ten uh, like like I think Silva is. You've made such a good point there, David, and I do want to pick up something. Um, probably a theme coming through in the in the comments, and as as I felt, it's a fair point. I don't know if Ian, I definitely don't agree with Ian saying that he's a dud, um, but I think that probably encapsulates some of the comments coming through that he is not good enough to be the main man um, coming through at Rangers. I just want to. Long-term listeners will be very, very bored of this uh, comparison. But when I when I think about how what's the best um, what's, what's the best options to have for your strike force, I always go back to the 2002-2003 season. David, you've said about different attackers, different style of strikers. In that season, we didn't have a thirty goal um striker we had Avaladze, Moles, Lovingcrans, Kinija mm-hmm. all chipping oh, in with 10 I mean. plus goals Stephen Thompson all different strikers goals in midfield that's my that's my idea of utopia my idea of utopia for a Rangers team isn't it a Chris Boy getting 30 goals and then goals coming for dribs and dabs elsewhere Scott you're agreeing with me that's how I think Rangers should be set up and in that type of setup somebody like Serial Dessers does have a long term part to play you, you only have to look at Edinburgh, look at Hearts. Shanklin's the only one that's scoring goals. And I don't understand anybody that's saying Desert is, 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 is total rubbish, which I'm, I'm not, it's not saying that there's a brilliant player in there. But what, what, probably the same people are saying Shanklin's a great player. All Shanklin does is stick the ball in the net now again, and for the rest of the game, he does nothing. And he's he's got more pace than uh, yeah I don't know I, I think I could probably still have a have a race against him, and I can I can't run anymore. But um, it, it, I, I just don't understand that. But I, I really think I really think we need a, a a striker that can head a ball, and I think we need a, a striker with a bit of pace. Obviously, Dessers isn't the one, and I would I would like more um, mobility, a striker with pace and mobility. I think so that I think we're talking about then. To a striker with pace and mobility, and a striker who can who can also head a ball. So that's that's what would be my perfect mix. Well, well, Scott, um, I'm going to bring you in here because mm-hmm. I'm going to put my realistic hat on and Rangers on. They're going to go and sign the roundy striker this season. Uh, no, sorry, this this window. Um, we've got Dessers who can contribute towards holding the ball up and leading the line. Davey's looking for somebody with a bit of mobility. We do have Silva coming in, who's got a lot of energy. Danilo coming back at some point. Shanklin can get you goals and head of the ball. Um, I do think I'd maybe be a bit more comfortable with a Shanklin-type striker coming in for the right price, just to give us those different options that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Aye, 100%. 100%. Shanklin's, right. Shanklin's an enigma amongst the Rangers support. I've obviously done a lot of reading up on him and I've watched all his goals, all his clips, etc. etc. The guy played in terms of his link up plays, he's improved massively for Hearts over since Stephen A. Smith's taken taken over, right? Because Stephen A. Smith's actually played him as a ten in certain matches. So his link up plays improved. He's not worth the five million quoted, right? Um as much as I want Lawrence Shankland at at a club and as much as I feel as if he could potentially come in and Get is really, really close to the league with what he offers and his goals. He's not worth it. He's not worth that outlay. I would rather wait, get a loan in and get him in the summer. 
because I don't think things across the city are as rosy as what they are over Ibrox just now. So I don't think we need Shankland. I, I used, I did. If you asked me this a week ago, I would I say aye, we need him, but I don't think he's he's not worth the money and the wages and the outlay that's, that's going to cost us just now. Whereas I think in the summer, I think he will be a Rangers player eventually. I just don't think it's going to be right now. He's not going to sign as much as I want on me right now. In terms oh, of Sorry, I would be most disappointed if Niels Coppin doesn't know a better striker than than uh, Warren Shanklin. I'll be totally, totally disappointed. Uh, then I would, I would start asking, why are we bringing in Niels Coppin if we're going to be buying players like uh, like Warren Shanklin? Right. Sorry, I just think I just think he will know better players than uh, than. Davey, than uh, Davey, I'm going to answer you on that if you don't mind. See, Matt, right. I love what Rangers are dangerous now, right? We don't know what they're going to do. They're keeping their, their cards close to their chest. You're hearing it from more the players' side or the players' club or Fabrizio Romano. You're not hearing it from anywhere else what Rangers actually want to do. My concern with the different signings in the market Rangers are dipping into just now is that you've got your Pedro Kixinhas and all the Mexicans and Portuguese guys that we brought in. You've got your, your Paul Le Guin. You've got your Libos, your Libos Yonkos, you've got your Carol Svensons, Philip Sibos, right? You've got that's the risk that we're that we're running with these guys just now. I'm not saying they're bad players, I'm not saying they're going to work out, but what I'm saying is I'm approaching I'm approaching it with cautious. I need I need to see evidence that this is going to work before I'm going to fully get on board with it, right? I like what Rangers are sorry, saying. I'm sorry, Scott. You you're not approaching it with caution. You're approaching it with pessimism that every foreign player is a dud. I'm not That's saying that. That's total rubbish. They're far more. Right. You've completely taken my point wrong. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is we've been stung in the past by trying to do this. And I'm just cautious of it. That's all. I know Diamandi's a good footballer. I thought Jose Sifuentes was a good footballer before he came and signed, right? And it's not worked out from because he couldn't settle. It's a completely different change of, change of life for these guys. That's where I'm, that's where I was going to at that point. So I think you need to mix your signings with by people that know the club and know the style of football. That's all we're saying. So see like see a Connor Barron's at Aberdeen. He's not getting a game because he's not he's not he's told them he's not signing a contract with them. That's what you need to mix these signings in with people that the British based players that know the club. You need to mix it a bit. I've got no doubt Coppins get Coppins probably got a list of strikers. There was a boy in the summer Bill wanted called Benny Traore. He played for BC Hacking I think it was in Sweden. He's your pacey front man, Davey. He looks brilliant. He's but he's went to Sheffield United and not kicked a ball. Now why is that? But but like nobody knows, nobody can answer nobody can answer that. So it's it's a catch twenty two. You're taking these these boys in with an element of risk. That's what I'm trying to say. But that's with any player. You don't know if Shanklin's gonna hit the ground running. Davey, let me just come in on that and because it risks it sounding like the ultimate fucking ball edition here. It's about the balance, right? Um, and it's every every signing, every signing, whether they're from the league or from abroad, are going to bring a gamble. But you're saying, how can our director of football know know a better striker than Lauren Shankland? And just in the last in in the last six windows, we've signed Fashion Sakala, Ahmed Diallo. Rabbi Matondo, Antonio Cholak, Tom Lawrence, Malik Tillman, Cyril Dessers, Sam Lammers, Abdallah Seema, 
and Fabio Silva. That is our track record in the forward areas over the last six windows. So every gamble is a signing. These on paper, all these signings have been sexier than a Lauren Shankland or a Miofsky or a Van Veen. And I think they probably are better footballers, but they've not done it. They've not done what we need to do. Um, so I, I, I do I do get what you're saying for a certain point. There has to be better better options out there than Lauren Shankland. You know I've not been a long-term Lauren Shankland fan, but when we're trying to build a squad, not every, not every signing can be the marquee signing. See, just for your record, I would take Tony Gold's back over Shankland, right? Oh, I would take Tony Gold right now over Lawrence Shankland because I know he can do it. He's done it. He's came. He's a proven goal scorer. That's where I'm trying to come from. I'm just saying, the striker positions were most important transfer. We need to get us right. Don't forget so, that Sakawa. Sakawa had scored 14 goals from a wing position. Sakawa broke my heart when he left. We've got no pace in the team at all. I know, I know where you're saying. That's why I brought about Benny Traore, boy. Look him up. He's he's everything you he's everything you're you're chasing. But he's obviously went to Premier Premier League's different for Scotland, right? But he's not settled. He's he's not really. I don't even know if he's made an appearance. That's where I'm coming from. You need to approach it approach it with some kind of. I don't know. What I'm I think I'm I think I'm at a loss on this point now. To be honest with these boys. So, Davey. I love the I love the I love the fire in your heart there, the passion came through. But let's talk about a happier subject. And that subject being the John Sterling. Um he can play right back, he can play centre mid, he might eat if your telly's vocal will come and fix it, he can even play left wing. There's nothing this man can't do. Um what a what a surprise it was seeing him pop up out in the wing last last night or yesterday afternoon. What I do want to ask you, Davey, is this um We've seen it in the past um, in, in, in the Premier League, um, for example, where Jose Mourinho was maybe putting Scott McTominay out to dry by playing them here, there and everywhere. Was this a statement by Philip Clement that we need wingers in the transfer window or does he just have that much trust in Dujon Sterling to go and do a job? I don't think it was a statement. I think there was possibly a, a tactical motive in it. I don't know. I, I think um, it was a windy day, so the wind was going to be playing a large role. And I think that, um, that, that possibly that Rangers thought that there might be high balls to the back post. And I, I think if, if you're going to have Red Van running into the back post, then, then he's not going to get many headers. And I, I've got a feeling, I don't know, I, I've got a feeling that it might have been to do with the sort of a higher balls and, and a lot of balls getting put up in the air. And I think it might be to do with that. I don't think it was, I don't, I, I would be very, very, if you listen to Clement, then, then he's, he's, he's virtually everything that he does, the board does. He's, they were having meetings all the time, he keeps saying. So I'll very, very doubt that it's anything, a message to the board. I think it was just purely tactical because the conditions were so bad. And I think that, he thought that that's what was needed instead of a Matondo who can't can't control a ball in good conditions. So what was the chance of him controlling a ball in bad conditions? Scott, I, I do think there's an element to putting somebody with a bit more 
power and a, mm. a bit more um, directness and a bit more no nonsense than what Dujon Sterling is. I think um, obviously Blue Horizon brought me um, quickly back down the earth in the comments saying that he's not a left winger. And I'll be honest, I don't think we can see Dujon Sterling winning the Ballon d'Or at left wing. Um, I don't think it's his position. I can see why Clermont would have tried with it, but I do think he's better suited in the midfield. Aye, definitely, definitely. CMR positions do John Sterling plays though in the mayor that he plays well, the more money we're going to get from because just because he's athleticism, that's the only reason he's playing any of these positions. It's he's a it's he's in fair play to Philip Comont for being able to identify that in the first place. Um he's new can do John Sterling's new went for a bit of a failed signing to me to being one of the best signings for me, just because of the just because of the change in manager. Um I think he played left wing, left central midfield on Saturday. I think he was given a role to play in a position. And I think it may seem as if he was playing left wing at some point, but I think he was dealt in different transitions of play to be in certain spots. And Sterling's went on the manager's kind of instruction. Um, but I think mostly he was put on that left side to protect, to, uh, protect Ridvan, to be brutally honest. And that's something you can't fix with Ridvan. Ridvan's got the physicality now. That's needed to be. He's never going to have a height. You can't put him in a grow bag. You can't grow him up any. Um, can't make him any taller. So, Sterling has to do a job, and I think he'd done it okay. Wasn't he great at it? But I think he's better in sitting in a midfield two with Lundstrom. We maybe Sterling going box to box and Lundstrom playing in his six. I think that's probably the best midfield combo I've seen. Maybe just before the winter break and now. Um, because, like I say, Nico Raskin's just not quite at it yet. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Sterling when Diamandi comes in. It'll be really interesting. And I, I, I think you're right. And I'm going to bring this up here um, for you, Davy, because on on Dujon Sterling, um, I do think one of the midfield jerseys is his. Um, I think he deserves mm-hmm. it. It's him and Lundstrom have the jersey. We need to have a conversation over Todd Campbell and Nico Rashin as well. Um, Dio Mandy coming in, Davy. Um, I don't think <clears throat> neither Rashin or Campbell have done enough to keep their jersey. I'm maybe being a wee bit hard and Cam- harsh on Campbell because he popped up with a stream area goal and he is traditionally a, a luxury player, for want of a better term. Um, some people come through saying we'll put them in the summer. No, I think there's definitely is value in keeping these two players. But I think with Diomandi coming in, um, a nice dynamic uh, forward-thinking midfielder, then the competition is just wrapping up in midfield for them. Well, I think that's what that's what's going to be my first my first uh, answer to you, uh, Colin. With Diomandi coming in, for what I've seen, looking at his YouTube films, um, he looks like a, a more an attacking midfielder. So I would imagine, and he also plays with a number 10 on his shirt. So that's my points as well, that he's more attacking midfielder. So I, I really think that, uh, I just don't think the relationship between Lamont and Cantwell is, is what it should be. I, I think there's, there's something there's something happening. Uh, I don't think Clermont, is, I don't think he's playing the way Clermont wants him to play. And... I don't know why. I don't know what, and obviously it's uh, it's it, it it's doing something to his game because it's certainly not the player that he was under Beal last season, and whether he's, I mean, 
he's sort of been given a free role in that tent. I mean, at first I thought he's getting stuck out in the right wing. Maybe that's affecting him. But Clement's come in. I mean, he's really had the, the sort of a number 10 position to himself. So it hasn't. Everybody kept saying, oh, when, when, once he gets into the 10 position, then that'll be him. But he's just not hit it. And it just, I mean, the fact that he's getting he's getting huckled uh, at half time. Now, the, the last against him, you could say it was possible to do with the injury that, that he got taken off. But I don't think he was injured at the weekend. Whether, it, I mean, I keep hurting back to the conditions, whether the conditions weren't right for, for Cantwell as well as possible as well. There just seems to be something between Cantwell and the way he's playing and the way Clement wants to play. I don't. I think there's a sort of a difference there. Scott, I shared a couple of comments there, uh, mostly a couple of people saying that, you know, Cantwell and Rasson are you know, on the cut now, right now. Curry, um, friend of the pod, um, for them to who doesn't know, uh, who's who doesn't know Curry, um, but he has his own pod, uh, the Stand of Ibrox, um, cracking. If you are looking for more Rangers content, go and get him on follow on Twitter and YouTube. Um, but he's made the point about Todd Camwell does get doubled up in every game. Um, we gave Ryan Kent a bye a long time because he was playing against um, double the defenders is what everybody else is. Um, it's an interesting point. I don't know. I think Todd Cranwell's got a bit more freedom uh, than what Ryan Kent does um, mm. in the team. What, what, what's your thoughts on, on Cantwell in general? See, the, I've, I agree with Davey on Cantwell. What I think Cantwell's missing, though, is see... Last season, when he first signed, he was when he was playing at ten position, he was tracking back, he was snapping into tackles left, right, and centre, and that was going to everybody think, "No, this guy's brilliant. This guy's this guy gets it. He's got the appetite yet." Now, same Wednesday night when he got filled just after his injury, M two Hibs boys sandwiched him. He came out and immediately smacked one into the back of the net. He smacked that hard. The ball hit. I think the ball went back to penalty spot after it. That's not, it's not an easy thing to do. In me, a big thing with Cantwell's appetite. I don't think he's got the appetite for it just now and he's not been the same since that injury he got um, he was out for a few months with injury and he's not been the same since he came back so the physicality of Scottish game spooked him a bit it didn't, it didn't look like that when he first signed um, the other interesting point on him is doing it Sunderland their, their number 10 Pritchard he put on a transfer request on Saturday with, if I agree with Davey on he's not Campbell's not Clement's guy Right, he's not he's his favourite player. I don't think Clement's got a favourite player to start with, maybe Lundstrom. Um so is there maybe going to be something over the next couple of days that Bill's going to come up the road and if he's got the budget and say, I'll take him down the road to me. Because Campbell doesn't look at his heart based. He looks content enough, but he's not he's not doing the things he was doing under Michael Bill when he first signed. He's not a goal threat, he's not he's kind of fading out of games and then when something happens he's it's as if He's almost going right. I can be bothered now. That sounds extremely harsh, but we all know he's got the ability. But where's the form went? Do you know what I mean? That's 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 my biggest question. He's half a player he was in terms of effort, and to me, he's, it's not been good enough. Sam Lammers get pelters off off me to start with, right? For playing a ten position, but I think and I think he played it with. Better in terms of discipline, he played the role a wee bit better. It wasn't, it wasn't, I'm not saying he was any more effective at it, but I think he played it 
That's why he started so many games under Clement because he took instruction on a wee bit more. And Clint Cantwell needs to get back to basics and start getting back into tackles and start affecting the game properly. For me, anyway. And I think it's 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 going to be hard for him because Clement likes to. It seems as if he does like having the footballers who can. I don't want to say win the battle because that makes it sound like hammer mm-hmm. throws, but they are up for the fight and they're up for the physicality. Can't they can do that. That's a frustrating thing. That's what's but missing. The thing is, Tom Lawrence can do it better, and he's chapping at his heels, and mm-hmm. and Campbell has to up his game very quickly, or else Tom Lawrence will be in the team. And um, Davy, the comment coming in for Robert Grant um, about. Jose Sifuena is apparently going to Turkey and I know you and I speak in the Daily News uh, we've heard for the Daily News for them to Disney listen, pound a month folks five shows a week um, we speak about the, the rumours to Turkey all the time I mean at one point in the Daily Record and me going to Turkey um, but this does seem this does seem as if it has legs in it, um, Jose Sifuena he's been out of touch with the Rangers team Um since Bill came in, and then even more so since Clement came in, um, I think this does show that if you aren't cutting it in Clement's side, then there will be a pathway out the door. Um, just on Sifuentes, I don't think it's any real surprise or any real, I don't think there's any real bad feeling about it, Davey. I wouldn't say bad feeling, I've no bad feeling, but I probably more bad feeling for Bill bringing him in, to be honest with you, but um. Colin, I've just seen him. I've seen him in the the, the two the Champions League American games uh, that they played, and I've seen him now a couple of times for Rangers. Obviously, he's not played that much more. But anytime he's played for Rangers, I've seen him, and I just don't know if there's a professional footballer in there, Colin. To be honest with you, I haven't seen it. I really haven't seen a, a professional football performance from him, and. I've always said, I mean, I, I watched uh, Ajax get put out of the cup, uh, the Dutch cup, by, by an amateur team. And I've said all along, there's am- better amateur players in Holland than, than I've seen uh, Sifuentes playing football. And I, 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 that's just the way I, I honestly believe <laughs> David, that. David, I fucking adore you, but you're so dramatic at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really do. I mean, I mean, if you see, I, I mean, they put Ajax, an amateur team put Ajax at the cup. They didn't do that because they've get they've get dumplings. But there is good amateur players out there, and I just don't see it with Sifuentes. I really don't. I mean, at times he just couldn't control a ball. He struts about like, um, look, guys, I'm here. The only thing he's no Scott is a sort of a comb in the middle of the park where where, where he combs his hair in between moves. It's, uh, I, nah, I just don't see it with Sifuentes and I hope he does well uh, I think going to Turkey I think it's a very very bad decision, I think it would be better to get back to America uh, and what I will say to, to, to anybody, to Rangers as well make sure you get your money up front because uh, you know Turkish clubs and, and payments uh, is, uh, is a very dodgy business <laughs> Going to Going further into the transfer market, then um, Scott, um, left back has been a conversation that has not gone away at all. Um, I've seen somebody put in 
Uh, it might have actually been one of one of our podders in the group chat talking about when Ridvan Yilmaz went off a Bonabarisic saying, "Was this um, Yilmaz getting an early flight to Turkey or Bonabarisic getting a farewell because one of them are gone?" Um, it's no, it's it's a conversation no going, and I do think, I do think one of them will go because Yilmaz is one of our, our highest valued assets, and Bonabarisic is one of our highest earning wages, our highest highest um earner of wages who mm. is close to expiring uh, obviously the um we've been linked to the the left back um i forget his name sorry hefty um for mm. Fluminese. talk us through that i know you've been doing a wee bit of digging aye so as pair i've been on my high horse to try again of you for a pod again regarding any new signings i'm going to make Inroads into the boy for RC loans probably tomorrow to see if I can get somebody on because a wee bit of insight into him. But there's a page on Twitter called the uh, Fluminense for Fluminense for foreigners, and he says if I asked him a few questions and he would give me back an answer. So I asked him how quickly can a boy settle into Scottish football? Handle the physicality. What type of player is he? Does he have good potential? So, but this boy's replied to me. He says I think he can adapt well because. How well he adapted to Sheepbury and become an important player to be sold to, to Rangers. Um, I think he can handle it physically. His problem was always to get him motivated to play well, but he has a good left back. Seen him in the youth academy. Um, he never played main football here, even when he'd been really even when there, there had been really bad left backs at first teams, he has a good potential. I think he can become a great left back. Don't know which level of left back. Because he could, he couldn't make it to play football for the first team, but he had potential. Now, one of the other boys I'd messaged has sent me back a, a message on him too. I'll just quickly read that out. Um, he says, "In Cyprus, the championship is what I call a two-gear championship, with teams playing to achieve the top six, and other teams playing to avoid the relegation. The gap between these teams is big. With the smaller teams, he was very good due to his attacking abilities." In the derbies, he had some problems because he likes to go forward, so the coach dropped him for a more defending mind and fullback. If he gets space, he's a big threat. In Scotland, I think he would need some time to adjust because it will be very difficult, sorry, very different from what he experienced in Brazil and Cyprus, mainly due to the weather. Phys physicality is one thing I think he can greatly improve upon. If he gets stronger, it, it will help him to improve his defending as well. As, as I said, he likes to go forward, but sometimes he leaves an empty space back in the defence. He is exactly the type of player who can excel as a wing-back in a 3-5-2 system. He can even play as a left-winger as well. Um, in summary, he is a great player, and you will see that from his first games, but he is just starting his career, so he needs to keep his head down and improve the aspects of his game, which um, can improve his game even more. He has got a lot of potential and ability, but the last six months were his first first months playing professional football. Until last summer, he was in the Brazil B team. Um, he was captain of that, if that means anything. So that was um, Demetrius on Twitter. Um, so that gives us a wee bit of insight into what, sorry, I can't provide, provide you guys with an interview, but um, that gives us a wee bit of insight into what he is. He likes, basically, he likes getting forward. I think he'll be suitable against a low block. He'll struggle against pace. He'll, sorry, he'll struggle for space. Um... Personally, I would like Ridvan to stay to support this boy. Ridvan's basically been through the same thing that 
them two um, journalists have messaged the, the Gallant View Twitter chat. So, and Red Vans come through the other side of it. So, I think he needs a wee bit of mentor. Um, Bomber's not the guy to do that. Bomber's, Bomber's done, I think. I think Bomber's quite happy to sit on the bench and be second best. And I don't really want I get, I don't want anybody at a club that can do that. So, ideally, if we could sell Bomber and keep Red Van, that's what you would want to do. But um, Red Van's value is only going to go up for now at the end of the season for a left back position. It's not going to get done any further than what it already is. We'll, we'll get our money back due to interest in him. And Bomber's obviously a contract, but I think we, with the money situation at Ibrox and considering there's still a couple of signings to make, probably putting two and two together and making five will mean Ridvan's away, but who knows? For me, um, there's mixed comments that I've been sharing through the the chat there um, about comments from Borna Barisic he's probably like saying what you were saying Scott that he's probably not what we need right now some mixed comments definitely about Yilmaz some people saying he's that's him now finally settled others saying he's pushing for a move personally I fall in the, the camp that he's, he's settled now I think um, um, the I think it's been lazy, lazy journalism for the most part how long the, the interest has been in him because a is Rangers' highest valued, one of Rangers' highest valued young players. B, um, he's not been playing, so it's easy to link him with a move out. Um, so I think that's been easy journalism. Um, I hope that Red Van Yelmaz stays in football in terms. I'd be happy with Yelmaz and Bonabas, which is our two left backs, um, between now and the end of the season. But taking that step back and looking at right, we can't let every player leave for nothing. Um, right. I'd be I'd be happy with Bonabasic to move on for a million or so and a young player to come in and compete with Red Van Yelmers once he settles. Um David, I'm just conscious with time, but I want you to chat through um a Colombian young Colombian cycle looking to pave his way into the hearts of Europeans. Um obviously Alfredo Morelos um uh done that for a couple of years but he's been bombed out. But we are heavily linked with Oscar Cortez of RC Lens. So let me just redo a few stats. So in 41 professional appearances he's chipped in with 11 goals and eight assists. Um He's been on loan at uh, Millionaros, where he's played most of his games. 28 games, 7 goals, 5, five assists. He's played mainly as a, a right winger, can play attacking mid-left wing with odd occasion up front. Mm-hmm. 20 years old, that gives me the fear that he was born after I started going to Ibrox, but... This seems to be a goal, Davy. Um, I think given what we were talking about, <coughs> Dujon Sterling playing left wing and the lack of attacking options, it seems to be something different. Yeah, well, I noticed that the the the, the uh, message we got that he was on the airplane already, but that that's been rubbished by uh, by most of the big journalists, uh, including, including uh, what's he called Andy New is it Newport. Uh, Andy Devlin, I think, and Chris Jack. It's been rubbish by them. They said that the Rangers are interested in them, but he is not on the airplane on the way to Glasgow. So I, th- I think that that will be, I would imagine they would know what they're talking about. And um, we definitely need a winger. I was hoping it was going to be the boy from Vitesa, man, uh, 
million uh, man hoof. But obviously it's not. I would hope if, if he does come in, I doubt I doubt we'll be getting two two wingers in uh, in this window. Maybe maybe on the the next window we might be after another one. But then I would imagine that there'll be more players going. Matondo comes to comes to mind at that. Um, so I, I definitely think I need a winner. I've looked at his YouTube films, and yeah, he does nice things. He can cross a ball. The the one thing that I did notice if if he does come in, he looks for a player and not just crosses it to to, to space, but he actually does look for a player. You see him a lot of times looking up and uh, and trying to actually hit a player and not uh, not just put it into a space. So yeah. YouTube film, can't go a lot in it. We need a winger. Will it be the right one? You can only hope, as, as, as um, um, Scott says at the beginning of the, the, the podcast, yeah, it's, it's all ifs and buts and uh, will he hit the ground running? We don't know that. There'll, there'll, there'll be a lot. Obviously, some people, some players will. You can only, I mean, Clement, you would say, will know the French market. So I would imagine that Clement is a, a good idea who this player is and what he can do. And that's the one thing that sort of I sort of say, yeah, I trust Clement in this one because I think this will become this this will be through him. He'll he'll have his at least people who know this boy. And I think that's a nice way to round up the pod by sharing Robert Grant's comments, um, who's made a few good points tonight, saying we'll find out um, soon because we've got a couple of days left. I'm sure something will happen. Have faith in Big Phil. And obviously, I'm taking um, a lot of confidence in that comment after Phil's interview yesterday, um, post-match, saying it will be busy right up to the last minute because there's a lot of work to be done. The project won't be complete by the end of January. Um, far from it, won't be complete by the end of August. It is up. Yeah. We, we do need to be continually building, but I do take faith in the manager's urgency and making the best Rangers team that he can. So... I think that's a nice place to wrap it up um, this week. What's coming up in the pod, obviously, um, we will try and get some interviews with any. Um, Scott, he's working round the clock. Honestly, he's he's grafting to get interviews with anybody that can provide an insight into who players are linked with. Myself, the two Davies, uh, Steve and Bill will be bringing you the news every day this week, um, uh, an in-depth look into any headlines. And also we'll be back with the live stream <laughs> on Thursday. And of course, the Premier League boys will be talking them um, through a few shocks in the FA Cup uh, this week, I'm sure. Um, last but not least, is a massive thank you to, first of all, everybody who's tuned in and watched them um, or live on the live stream or afterwards on the platforms. Um, but of course, my two guests. First of all, Scott. Scott, I'm looking for a farewell to the listeners and a prediction. How many... How many signings will Rangers make before the transfer window slams shut? Firstly, everybody, thanks for tuning in. It's been good as always. Um, I'm probably going to go with another two. Um, I think the left back, I've kind of already taken that, is done, even though there's still a wee bit to go. Um, So I'm going to go with this Oscar Cortez boy and... A striker, and I think there's going to be a couple of outs as well. 
just to let you all know, Derek Clark has tweeted out that Jose Sifuentes isn't going to Turkey. He's not keen on the move. So I think see, I think Sifuentes is one of the ones that will be going, but I think we can kibosh the Turkey idea for now. That is a nightmare about doing live streams. You can't edit these things where <laughs> something happens during the live stream, but thanks for letting us know, Scott. But good having you on as always, mate. Cheers, pal. And last but not least, a massive thank you to Davey coming on, keeping us grounded as always. Davey, a big thank you to the listeners, please, and a prediction on how many signings will Rangers make. Okay, thanks for having me on. If I can just quickly, two, two, there were two questions to me, uh, Colin. One was, did I see Colin Steen? Uh, yes, I did. He was one of my favourite players, along with Big Sam Versailles. So, and I, I was even at the first game he was playing when we when he scored a hat trick. So I love Colin Steen, and I hope I hope we're not trying to link him to sort of a Shankland uh, with that comment. Uh, Ian Gill, I think it was, um, because I, I can't believe they'll ever end up in the same uh, the same boat. And the other question was that I that there was a state it was more a statement that I never mentioned Raskin. I'm in the same boat as everybody else with Raskin. I, I I think he played better last year, but I don't I don't know I, I I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know whether he's just a dip in his play and he'll come up. I'm not writing him off yet, and I don't think he's playing that bad that that he, he deserves a, deserves a lot of uh, um, sort of a criticism. So that's that that's that one. If he does get as bad as John Lundstrom did, then I, I, I will mention him, but. I will also say that Lundstrom is playing absolutely brilliant at the moment. So thanks for thanks for listening in and Colin, thanks for having me. And till the daily news, Colin. And you want a prediction? I think there'll ah, be Ah, you went on that much here, aren't you? Forgot the question, Davy. Two I, I think there'll be two. I think uh, I think the winger and I think there'll be another striker. I'll as I seen Albo saying three, but I'll I'll be surprised if it's three. I'm going to go three as well. I'm going to go when you're striker, and I do think something will happen with left back. Um, I just hope it's um, not to the detriment of Yil- Yilmaz. But thank you all for listening. We will be back with you. We plenty of content this week if you do want to sign up for our uh, members' pages. But yeah, until next time, we are the people. Take care.